Welcome, everybody, to the Oklahoma Drill Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew. We have our co-host, Matt and Vitor, here as well. It is finally game week. We are less than seven days a week, uh, seven days away from the very first matchup, Jets at Panthers in Charlotte, North Carolina. I know we are all excited. We are going to preview the entire game, break down the keys to the win for the Jets, what they have to do to walk away with a victory. Uh, There's a lot of things going on with this game. It's a really tight matchup. I actually think this is a game the Jets have a good shot at winning, but we'll finish it up with our final score predictions at the very end. We're going to jump right into it, start with the offensive side of the ball. And when we're talking about Panthers, Jets on offense, First thing we have to talk about is neutralizing the pass rush. We can't have Zach Wilson on his back. We have to have him getting more opportunities to drop back, have a clean window, complete passes and not get hit. That's what a good successful offense does. And the first way you do that is to establish the run. Obviously the Jets want to run the ball. We've known that for months now. We've talked about it for a long time. They're going to want to run the ball. They're going to want to ground and pound. It's going to be on Ty Johnson, Michael Carter, Tevin Coleman, All of those guys are going to be getting touches. They just activated Josh Adams to the uh, active roster today. Michael Pirine is day-to-day with an injury. It seems like he might, may or may not play, but it seems like Josh Adams might. That's another guy that's going to get opportunities and could ground things out and help the offense. Guys, what else do you think they can do to help the offense? Uh, Well, one thing I would do is incorporate something that we didn't see at all during preseason, which is jet motion with more. Uh, I want to freeze those athletic edges. Burns. We don't want him teeing off on Fant. We don't want him teeing off on Moses, whoever our right tackle is. We want him always thinking, what what else is going on? And using jet motion with more will just freeze him. He has to worry now about this guy coming around his, his edge. And we can do that with that and maybe even incorporate double jet motion with Jeff Smith on the other side. Keep uh, Hassan Reddick uh, on his toes as well. Uh, that's just one uh, thing I would definitely do that we didn't see during preseason. Yeah, and one aspect that's really important for the floor here is to give Zach quick hand service, right? On third down, because third downs will happen eventually, you got to give Zach quick answers, like what he did a lot throughout the preseason. Motion, stack. Show the defense, give a stack look, a free release to someone, and the ball has to be out. Third step of the drop back ball. You cannot have cannot have Zach Wilson hitch-stepping on third downs, waiting for somebody to get open against this pass rush. You just can't. Give your quarterback quick answer. Zach has shown us that he can play within the rhythm of the offense. So we, Zach also, for one, cannot hold on to the football forever. He needs to know that pressure will be there. He needs to hit third step of his drop back, get the ball out. And LaFleur needs himself to give Zach the quick answers. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, 100% with the stacked alignments. I think with this being Elijah Moore's first game, we're going to see a lot of things that we didn't see in preseason. And that's good because defense isn't going to be able to prepare for it. They're not going to have tape on it. And specifically, I think you're going to see some play action shots where Elijah Moore lines up in a stacked alignment and gets free release and they get him going vertically down the field. You get Elijah Moore with a free release down the field with his speed. It's going to be hard for somebody to catch up to him. That might only happen once they get the running game going enough to set up that play action shot and get the look they want. You can't be calling that on the first drive because it may not be open. And then you've already given your trick away. It's not going to be nearly as effective. So I completely agree. The best thing for them is to neutralize the pass rush. Uh, On top of that, controlling the clock. And we'll get into that when we talk about our defensive matchup. But limiting the opportunities for the opposing offense to score is important if you can control the clock and have long sustained drives that end in points. Just control time of possession, stay, keep your offense on the field, keep it consistent, keep it 
churning and something the Jets offense hasn't been able to do in a long time, just be stable. And I think they have a good chance of being solid and scoring a handful of points on this defense. Uh, that's going to get us into the next point. Matt, go ahead and take it away. Where you got to feed a couple of these guys. We already talked about it, specifically Corey Davis and Elijah Moore. Absolutely. Uh, so we might be without uh, Crowder uh, since he uh, came down with COVID. Uh, so this means it's going to be the Moore and Davis show, and we'll see who else emerges, whether it's Mims or Cole. Uh, but these guys are going to be primed for a great game. Uh, we got J.C. Horn on the other side, who is young, and I, I loved him coming out. I think we all did. Uh, is he there yet? I don't think so. And we've seen him again, go up against Moore as well. And Moore uh, had a good day against him as well. So I am not too, uh, too bent out of shape about that matchup if they put Moore on, on, uh, on uh, J.C. Horn. Uh, they also have uh, Dante Jackson, who had a decent uh, season last year, and Jeremy Chin, another young stud in the secondary. Uh, they got some guys back there, uh, but I like our chances, uh, especially with the skill set of Moore and Davis. Uh, I think they're, they'll definitely have themselves a game. Yeah, Moore and Davis will be key for the Jets. And Andrew, what you said, it, it, you know, it's a very crucial point for this game. The Jets didn't try deep shot in the entire preseason. And that's because they were without Elijah. With Elijah Moore, this part of the Jets game plan changes. I feel like you're going to see at least a couple deep shots to Moore. Play, play action passes, a double move, a post corner, a corner post. Moore is a great route runner. He's fast. And if the Jets are running well and successfully with the football, you got to expect those shots. And I was talking about third down early. Corey Davis is the third down guy. He needs to get open on third downs on man-to-man situations. He needs to give Zach this quick answer that I was talking about. First, scheme it up. Zach needs to execute it, and Davis needs to be open. And he showed us in preseason he can get open on third downs. He has a great, great menu of route running. He can release the way he wants. He has great ability to cut on top of his routes. And I feel like third down, Davis will be the guy. Elijah, as a jet motion guy, deep shot guy, gadget guy will be key, but Corey Davis will be the one that will move the chains for this offense. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, and going back to what you said about Elijah Moore and deep shots, I can already see a sequence where just like we talked about for God knows how many months now, it's going to be an outside zone play to the left and it'll be a bootleg off play action. And they'll run a, a crossing route on a deep cross with Corey Davis going one way across the field. And the next play they'll run wide zone play action to the opposite way. And it'll look like Elijah Moore is going on the deep cross and he'll slam on the brakes and cut up the field vertically on a double move. And then he's wide open. And it's the same play that Lane Kiffin got him wide open on when he threw his clipboard in the air. We haven't seen that stuff yet, but the fact that there's potential for it is what is going to be challenging for this defense. And it's going to have to make them on their cues, on their P's and Q's and on everything they need to be on. Otherwise they're going to get guys open. They're going to have things that they haven't seen on tape and there's going to be opportunities to exploit this defense. I'm really excited to see how these two guys play off of each other. Yeah. I'm really curious to see how LaFleur times it. Because he needs to get that timing right. Because uh, like we were just saw- saying about that pass rush, they we don't want them teeing off on our guys and teeing off on Zach. So he they need to be very surgical with how they use these deep passes. Uh, because uh, if we do it the wrong way, if, uh, if they're able to beat Fant, if Fant's getting beat like a drum all day, then I don't know if they'll stick with it for the whole game. They got to keep him honest, but at the same time, we got to keep Zach upright. 
That's definitely the balancing act. I think the advantage uh, is when you do call play action on deep shots like this specifically, and hopefully they have established the run to the point where it has to be respected. Your offensive linemen don't really have to naturally pass block. They get to basically run block for the first second and a half of the play and drive off the ball and create space between them and the quarterback. And at that point, it's easier as an offensive lineman because the defensive lineman has to go farther to get a sack. Quarterback has more space to run. That's why you saw all those clean pockets for Zach Wilson at BYU off those play action plays. The offensive lineman didn't have to sit there and do a, a five or seven step drop back pass and pass block around the arc. It was a different style of blocking. And I think that can fit really well with the offensive line that we have. It matches their skill sets better. And quite honestly, I think that's why not to, you know, get too far into a prediction or anything else. I think it's why Morgan Moses is going to get the start at right tackle because he is better as an aggressive player making first contact. And I think that's what's really going to help not only in the run game, but in play action as well. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah, that, that, that definitely. But I, that's one thing I didn't expect to see uh, some gamesmanship from uh, from Salah with uh, not really divulging who his right tackle is. Uh, same with a uh, cornerback, too. Uh, these he's sort of left these uh, to the imagination, uh, but yeah, I, if I would definitely go with Moses, uh, go with the the experience, go with the strength. Yeah, I think I think overall it's a better fit for the offense uh, with the way it seems like they are going to want to run the offense because they are going to get into those twenty one personnel sets and they're going to get into those twelve personnel sets and they're going to try and ground and pound and Morgan Moses is really good at that as well as being a really solid pass protector. Yeah, if they can keep. Burns, honest, Moses will have no problems with. Exactly. Keep them honest. Limit the opportunities where they have to just tee off, pin their ears back, especially with a guy like Brian Burns. When he gets a chance to really go up the arc, that's when things get scary. Limit his opportunities to do that. And that's going to be a, a huge, huge key to keeping the offense going. Uh, lastly, keeping the offense going, Vitor, go ahead and talk about it. Uh, Zach Wilson's going to go against a defense he really has not seen before, and it's going to be kind of a little bit of a welcome to the NFL moment. Yeah, you know, this Panthers defense, man, they are both. Last year, Aaron Rodgers had problems against them, and he said they do stuff that's high school, college-like, like nobody else does in NFL. So I went to watch some tape on the Panthers, D, and those guys, they show five deep three snaps sometimes. And, you know, they rotate in and out. They can go to cover three, what they do most of the time. They go to too deep. And, you know, it's just a defense that it's not easy to play against. It, com- it confuses you. The Panthers had tough and close games last season against both the Chiefs and Packers, against Rodgers and Holmes. And it's because their defense is a tough one. So, Zach, you know, we talked about in our earlier, in our, in our other podcast that he faced three of the main defensive Minds here right now. Like he faced Salah Seattle cover three joint practices. He faced Matt Aberfuls D with the Eagles and he faced Packers D three four side. And now he's going to face something that he hasn't seen yet. So when on third downs, that's what why we're saying avoid third downs at all costs. When on third downs, the Panthers will try to confuse Zach. Zach is a football junkie, as we all know. Will he be ready to handle those rotations, to handle those? confusing pre-snap looks against the Panthers. These will be key for the Jets if they want to win Sunday. Yeah, I mean, that's key. He's got to grow up fast. Uh, it's, it's definitely going to be a welcome to the NFL moment. Uh, is he ready for it? I think so, absolutely. The Just listening to him, the way he studies the game and the way he approaches uh, preparing for games, uh, I think he will be more than 
uh, up for the challenge of, of 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 it. Will he succeed? That's left to be seen. I think he'll do a, a reasonable job. I think he'll definitely have his bumps, though. Yeah, I definitely think he'll have his his lumps. But the one thing about Zach that I loved about him as a prospect, and I think is gonna what's make him what's gonna make him really good in the NFL is his ability to see, look at a defense pre-snap, see where everybody is based on space, quickly process where they're rotating to, and attack where they're not going. Especially when it comes to guys on the boundary, if corners are going to give an, an eleven-yard cushion, and Zach Wilson's got a guy that's isolated on the backside, and he knows that this corner is in man coverage, or even if it's zone coverage, that that's going to be a responsibility. Well, he's just going to tell his receiver to run an eight-yard out route, and he's going to put the ball on his face mask on the outside shoulder, and it's going to be an easy completion, and it doesn't matter what the coverage is. Let alone if he knew it, let alone if it was confusing or he dissected the defense, he was able to sit there and go. This guy is nine yards off. I can throw the ball here and beat him with my arm because I can put the ball wherever I want with good velocity and good placement. And it's what it's kind of, it's what I said is his equalizer. It's what makes him able to be scheme diverse and makes him kind of really, really hard to defend because you, it doesn't matter what coverage you call after the ball is snapped. It's is the guy open and can I beat him with a throw? And Zach Wilson, I think, is going to be able to do that a couple of times against this defense. Maybe when it's a get out of jail situation when he doesn't know what he's looking at, he's able to see Corey Davis isolated on third down with a free release and a condensed split and go, well, I know you're going to get open, so I'm just going to hit you with the throw. I, I think it could be a really beneficial situation. And you can't do that without confidence. And he's still young enough to have that confidence. He hasn't been hit a lot. He in in the NFL or even in college, he wasn't hit a lot. So, he can go into this game fresh. Uh blank slate pretty much. He can look at it with all the confidence in the world and get it done. Yeah, 100% agree guys, you know, the Jets who have to keep Zach comfortable early, give him the easy throws or throw just to that, give him the motion aspect of the game so ID the defense. And that's what you said, Andrew. Zach can attack space. I hope he doesn't get fooled thinking one space is open when it's not. And I really do think he won't. I think he'll play really well, and, and he's going to find some favorite spots on this Panthers deep. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. His processor is so quick, and he can diagnose what he sees so fast that even if it might not be what he's expecting, he's going to come off of it. And he doesn't hang on things for very long. And that's where you're going to usually rookie quarterbacks get caught is they don't know what they're looking at and they get stuck looking at something for too long. And then it's, you know, you see ghost as we've seen before on this team many times, Zach Wilson doesn't do that. And I really think that is going to be beneficial for him. We'll see if it is able to translate immediately, but I think in this game in particular, the offense as a whole is going to do enough to keep them afloat. I think they're going to be in this game the entire time. I think we're going to see a lot of, a, a lot of fun on the offense. I think it's going to be a good game for him. Yeah. I think so too. Speaking of seeing ghosts, though. Yeah, that'll lead us to defensively what we have to do. Uh, and that quite literally is make Do Sam Darnold see ghosts. Uh, and that's going to start up front, uh, as with the defense for pretty much every game the rest of this year. It's going to start up front, and they're going to have to win the matchup to give the back end a chance. But specifically against the Panthers offensive line, which is quite honestly awful. Uh, there's no other word for it. It is, especially now, as of today, their starting right guard was diagnosed uh, positive with COVID and he's going to be out for the game. So they're going to have a backup right guard, Pat Elfline at left guard, who we all know what he's capable of. And their left tackle is Cam Irving. 
this is not an offensive line that is even close to serviceable. And when you have guys like Quinn and Williams and John Franklin Myers and Sheldon Rankins on the interior against offensive linemen like that, not to mention Matt Paradis at center has not been good since he's been in Carolina. There was a period of time when Jets fans really wanted him, but he has not played well as a Carolina Panther. And I really think that's another guy on the interior that could be susceptible to getting exposed a little bit. And when Sam Darnold is pressured up the middle, things don't necessarily go well. When he's pressured in general, things don't necessarily go well. And on top of that, we've talked about the young corners. We'll finish. We'll get into that later in the show. But the defensive line, if they can create pressure immediately, that's going to limit the opportunities to get beat over top, especially when Sam Darnold isn't that much of a deep ball thrower. It's all going to start about creating havoc with the defensive line, getting pressure up the interior. That's how you're going to win the game first and foremost on defense. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, this is something that I feel like we're going to say a lot, but damn, if we had Carl Lawson, uh, <laughs> it's like this matchup is, is it, by itself, as is today, is incredibly in our favor. Uh, and we're definitely going to take advantage of it. But how we take advantage of it will really be how they their game plan. What will they do to counter our pass rush? And that's where it sort of goes into the, the running game against our D line. And we've seen in preseason that we don't, we can't rely on our D line to make those plays. If I know Burgess hasn't been great in Carolina, but the guy just can't be better playing next to Iflin and Deontay Brown. He just can't. So those three guys, it's a huge mismatch for the Jets. And I expect the Panthers to counter it by throwing a billion of screen passes. Uh, eight, eight screen, outside receiver screens, running back screens, whatever. Just get the ball out of Darnold's hands quickly. And, you know, this is a matchup that's a dream matchup for the Jets. would be even more of Carl on the field. But I just – the only way I see Sam Darnold getting away from it is playing vintage Sam USC, like when he throws for four touchdowns, has a couple of fumbles, recovers one of them by pure luck, and throws a pick. I feel like this is, the, this is the only outing our Sam Darnold will be great against the Jets because this D-line, they will get to Sam. You know, it's inevitable. They will get to Sam Darnold. They will sack Sam Darnold. They will pressure Darnold. They, they will force him into bad decisions. The question is, is Darnold able to overcome those bad decisions and still play aggressively? I don't think so. Darnold usually gets gun shy when he makes mistakes. And that's the point right here. If the Jets can get this D-line to force him to early mistakes, He'll get gunshot and then won't matter. The back end won't matter. The Jets here in corners, which we'll talk about later, won't matter. So this D-line, it's it's basically the, the crucial point of the game. Yeah, you win and lose the game uh, quite literally through the defensive line. As good as the offense can be and we think they can be good, that it would take a monumental, unexpected effort from them to win the game by themselves. You win the game on, on defense through your defensive line in this matchup. Uh, and, you know, we've talked about it off air. We'll talk about it on here specifically. The overall matchup for the game is load the middle, squat underneath and dare them to beat you over the top deep. Even though you have these young corners and even though you're worried about Robbie Anderson against whoever is going to be playing cornerback too, you got to trust that Sam Darnold isn't going to be able to hit them because he has not been able to at any point in his career outside of a couple of small instances when he was a rookie since then. He really hasn't been able to do any much of any deep passing at all. Even on his 92-yard touchdown, we've talked about it before, it was a bad throw. If the free safety is anybody but Jeff Heath, it's an interception. 
And he got lucky that Robbie Anderson was able to track it. And Jeff Heath wasn't able to track the ball in the air, or get to it from the hash, but it wasn't necessarily a good throw for that either. Sam Darnold is not a good deep ball thrower whatsoever. So even if you might get a couple opportunities where receivers are open, you got to trust that Darnold isn't going to hit them. So especially leading into our next point, the main focus on offense is going to be Christian McCaffrey. They are going to feed him with every opportunity they, they had. Vitor, you talked about it, screen passes, everything of the sort. McCaffrey is going to be the main focal point of the offense, and especially against the inexperienced linebackers, it's going to be interesting to see how the Jets plan on slowing him down. Matt, go ahead and break down how we're supposed to stop Christian McCaffrey. Well, like you said, we have some very inexperienced linebackers, and they're going to have to step up. Uh, I expect Mosley to take feature uh, spot in this in this uh, defense uh, week one, and he's going to have to really come back to form and be that force in the middle uh, to really take on a guy like McCaffrey. Uh, maybe they'll even uh, give him some help with uh, with Gidry in the slot. Uh, they're going to have to do something because if they they're just going to feed him and dare and make us stop him, that that's all it's going to be. Like if if feed CMC the ball. Can they stop them? If not, they'll just keep doing it all game, and we'll suffer that way. Uh, will they be able to? I I really don't know because Mosley can't do it by himself. He's going to need some help. So these young guys are really going to have to step up and uh, make themselves felt. Yeah, honestly, I feel like the Panthers will target McCaffrey as a billion of option routes. So the banners are good when yeah. they're in 12. So take away wide receiver, play with two tight ends, line up McCaffrey on the, on the strong side and line him up right in front of Sherwood or Humps, especially Sherwood. I feel like they can take advantage of it. So option routes are basically uncoverable, right? You just get to the linebacker, read the empty space and attack it. So McCaffrey will catch the football. The problem is, will the Jets be able to bring the guy down? And that's the biggest question about Sherwood right now. Does he have the speed to pursue? Does he have the speed to pursue and and without taking the perfect angle? Can he just pursue the guy downfield and not allow the big play? And that's going to be the greatest point right here in the game. Darno will look for McCaffrey on the option check down routes. And the Jets just need to tackle. If the Jets tackle the option routes and McCaffrey doesn't have a field day out of the yards after the catch, they are going to be fine. But if McCaffrey breaks tackles, McCaffrey, if McCaffrey is constantly, constantly picking up first downs on checkdowns, then it's going to be trouble. Yeah, it's going to be trouble uh, for sure. Vitor, I want to throw a, a situation at you that I've been toying around in my head as a defensive game plan. And I don't know if the Jets are going to do this, but I think specifically to counter what you're talking about, which is the option routes from Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield, I think could be an interesting way of doing things. And we've seen them do some of it in the preseason, which makes me think that it could be in the toolbox. And that's going to be double A gap looks when it comes to pressure. I think Marcus May moving to strong safety, as I've mentioned before, is so that he can be the matchup player when the defense doesn't have a guy in their linebacker core that they know for sure they can cover. That's going to be matched up on linebackers. They would rather have a linebacker have a responsibility in his own coverage, where even if it's like you've seen Fred Warner, where he's playing Tampa two and he might drop essentially into a deep third and they'll trust a guy to go run up the seam. They will trust their linebackers in situations to do that because they're running in a straight direction. They're more worried about the shifty guys, the guys that can run routes, get open, read leverage and break out into the space. That's where you kind of want a guy like Marcus May, who's a lot better in man coverage than people think. So I think you might see some situations 
where they line up in a double A gap look where you'll probably have CJ Mosley and either Hamson Azardine or Jamie and Sherwood lined up inside uh, mugging in the A gaps. And you'll have Marcus May coming down and buzzing as a safety. And they'll make it look like whatever linebacker is on Christian McCaffrey is on him in responsibility and man coverage. And in reality, they're going to have Marcus May come down and buzz, pick up McCaffrey and man, and that linebacker is going to drop out and go deeper. And it's going to mess with the, the read of not only for McCaffrey, but Sam Darnold, where the whole point of an option route is you have to read the defender in front of you and know the guy that's on you. Well, if you don't know who's covering you, you don't know where to read the leverage. I think that extra little bit of hesitation could be a way to help get the pass rush home. And I think it could be a good wrinkle that Darnold has not done well with in the past. When defenders get lined up on the line of scrimmage, he has no idea what happens. That's what happened in the famous Patriots game. They threw everybody at the line of scrimmage, said, guess who's coming, guess who's dropping, and he couldn't figure it out. I copied that game plan, to be quite honest. Yeah. Another thing that double mug looks do, they force you to keep the running back in pass protection. So Exactly. The Jets can line up in double mug, and they can just rush forward. They can do whatever they want. They can they can do that just to force Darnold to check McCaffrey into pass pro to block the A-gap right here. And, and, and this is a great point, Andrew. The Jets, they, I don't think they will be able to play soft spot dropped cover tree with a team that's willing to check down on you through the whole field. So those no, fire zone, sentence. Yeah, fire zone looks and double mug pressure looks pre-snap, I think they could do wonders for this defense. And, and, and May, as you said, May can be a matchup guy. Get him on McCaffrey goes to the line. May is a good guy in man coverage. I feel like this could be a plan. Yeah. I really hope they do it, quite honestly. I think this is, if there is one, I quite honestly, if there is one really knife in the back of this defense, I think it will be Christian McCaffrey. And I think it will be with him running, receiving routes out of the backfield. I think this is how you can counter it. And I think on top of that, it feeds into your game plan already to start with, which is play everything shallow and, you know, dare them to throw you you know, beat you deep, you're going to have more guys in the box. That's going to help you stop the run too. I, I just, I really hope this is the game plan they come out with. And it's not something I want to see them do for every game all year, but I think it can be a good wrinkle in certain situations against teams like the Panthers, where it would be a way to really help out the defense, especially the young back end. Yep. hundred percent. But Brady's no idiot. And he knows that we're going to be keying on CMC. So who does he go to to fool us? Who's that one guy that they can sort of mix in that while we're, our focus is on McCaffrey, who's that guy that can slip behind the defense and really make, cause trouble? And maybe that's Tommy Tremble. That is true. Tight end is certainly uh, going to be a matchup to to look out for. Uh, hopefully we'll see more reps of CJ Mosley on Tommy Tremble than we will our other linebackers, but I'm confident in our other linebackers. I, I think they're going to get better. I trust our coaches and it's not like Tommy Tremble is prime Rob Gronkowski. You know, this isn't the, you know, a, a daunting matchup. I think the scheme helps. And like you said, Joe Brady is not an idiot. I think he is a very solid offensive coordinator. And I think he will have his opportunities to dial up some favorable matchups as well. But it's, it's it, once the ball is snapped, it becomes about the players on the field. And I don't think that the Panthers tight ends are that dangerous enough to where I'm worried about our linebackers being completely and totally outmatched. Yeah, I agree. 
All right, well, that's going to lead us to the last point defensively, and that is the young secondary. We've brought up, uh, talked about it before, but it is probably the most important part of the defense outside of the defensive line generating pressure uh, for what the Jets can do with just their personnel. The young secondary is going to be up in the air. We don't even know who the cornerback two is going to be. LaMarcus Joyner is also hurt right now. They've signed a couple of safeties to the active roster because Ashton Davis is hurt as well. We might not have our starting free safety or backup free safety come week one. And that's going to be behind a bunch of off corners who we're not sure who's even going to be playing. Vitor, how is this going to shake out? Yeah, it's not looking good right now, but as we said, it starts with the front four. If the D-line creates pressure, these corners will get, favorable, will get in favorable spots. The problem is the Panthers, they have some talented wide receivers. Terrace Marshall, they have Robbie Anderson, they have D.J. Moore, and we're talking about right now, who could be the guy that Brady looks for to slip the def- in, uh, across the defense if McCaffrey gets covered? It's DJ Moore, I think. I think they're going to move DJ Moore around a lot. They could use him in the backfield. They could use him in the slot, outside, quick screen passes, shallow crossers. And, and he's going to be a guy that cause a lot, a lot, a lot of problems because he's a good route runner. He's aggressive with the ball in his hands. And, and I feel like he's going to be the go-to guy of Thorno. Robbie, you know, he's great running deep routes. And even though last year the Panthers used him a lot as a shallow route runner, and we know Sam's not a great deep for Resentra set. So the matchup, I think, for me is this cornerback two or right side cornerback against DJ Moore. And, and I really like Michael Carter the second against DJ Moore right here. I know that Salah said he envisions Javelin Gidry playing outside more, but skill set-wise, I view Michael Carter uh, a bit more ready to play outside. And I feel like he could match up well with Moore. He's a good mover. He's more has fluid hips, attacks well the wide receiver. So I feel like Michael Carter against DJ Moore could be a good matchup for the Jets. Another thing about the secondary, not much on youth. I feel like Lamarco, Lamarco's joining will be missed. Even though Darnell doesn't throw the ball deep as much as we were saying, like he's not a great deep thrower. Him and Marcus May playing together gives the Jets the ability to interchange. They could play May deep. They can rotate. They can confuse Darnold. And if there's another guy playing that's not Marcus Joyner, they will be more static, I think, with the guy playing free safety and May playing closer to the line. So it's another thing that could help Sam with a defense that doesn't rotate as much as it would having Joyner on the field. What do you guys think? You know, I was thinking, what if they put Michael Carter back there in, instead of uh, Joyner? Because I think he can. He can sort of uh, play that role as well, and uh, and sort of free up the middle or the the boundary with somebody else like Gidry or Eccles if he's healthy. Uh, I I kind of like his physicality to match up as a safety. Uh, but what do you guys think about that? Well, yeah, I have a I have a couple of points. Um, I certainly agree. The guy that is going to be getting the uh, ball outside of Christian McCaffrey is going to be DJ Moore, but I don't think DJ Moore is going to be lined up on the outside. I think they drafted Terrace Marshall specifically to be their other boundary receiver so they can get DJ Moore in the slot where I think they can do more with him. Just like we want to do with Elijah Moore, they want to get him the jet sweep opportunities. And while, yes, you can do that uh, as a boundary receiver, you usually see that more when you're in 12 personnel sets, not as much when you're in uh, 11 personnel sets. And the Panthers want to run a lot of three by one. 
they wanted to have Terrace Marshall as their isolated receiver in three by one so that their other receivers can be Robbie Anderson on the other boundary and DJ Moore in the slot, whether it's a tight end or a fourth receiver that goes anywhere else in between that, you know, that's up for them to decide, but they wanted that as their three receiver looks when they go three by one. I think it's going to be the matchup of who is on Terrace Marshall on the boundary more so than it is going to be about who is on DJ Moore on the boundary. So that's why I think I'm going to put my prediction out on the table here. Uh, the cornerback two is going to be Javelin Guidry and Michael Carter. The second is going to be the starting slot. And because of that, just like you said, it is going to be up to Michael Carter, the second to be on DJ Moore. And it's going to be a tough ask, especially, you know, as your first action and your first start going against a guy like DJ Moore. But I think it's going to be Javelin Guidry on the outside. And the reason they were comfortable with cutting bless Austin, as Robert Sala said, is they have two starting caliber nickels. This is, these are the only two guys they've said outside of Bryce hall guaranteed that they're starting caliber. That's the, they're the only guys he said that about. I think these are going to be your other two starters and they're going to have Javelin Guidry who's shown that he can play against bigger receivers that even though he is smaller, he's not incapable and he is a good tackler. He's not scared of getting in with the run game. I think he's going to be your other cornerback too. And he's going to go up against Terrace Marshall, especially when the game plan is dare them to beat deep. You have a guy with great recovery speed on the boundary who can run with somebody deep. If they happen to get caught, Terrace Marshall is a good receiver and by no means is he slow, but he's not Javelin Guidry fast. Very few people are. And I think that's going to be the matchup on the boundary. That's going to be the best for the jets. That's going to give them the best opportunity. Uh, It'll be really interesting to see how it goes when the actual game starts. But that's what I think is going to happen specifically with this young secondary and finish off what I'm going to say here. LaMarcus Joyner being out is huge. If LaMarcus Joyner cannot play, and I've been the one that said that he might be my disappointment player once the season is over. But even still, if he is not out, we having a safety, especially with the game plan that I was laying out, that's a complicated game plan. You need a free safety who can make up in the back end. That LaMarcus Joyner is crucial to that game plan. If he is out, that's going to be really tough to run. I really, really hope that he is going to be able to play. Otherwise, it might be a long day for the past defense. Yeah. When I was watching the Panthers in preseason, I agree. DJ Moore could be the primary slot, but he was isolated in some three-by-one sets because I feel like he's their best route runner. And I feel like they want to give him the ability, the, the, the chance to play one-on-one with a cornerback. So if he's one-on-one with Javelin Guidry, okay, I trust Javelin too. The point is, if the reality is as you predicted, with Marshall matching up one-on-one with Gidry, I feel like Marshall has a huge size size advantage right here. And Gidry has never played on the outside, so how do you do that? You know, honestly, I would do what Salah said. You have three starting caliber players, line up a slot corner on the boundary and see how it goes, but there are question marks. Yeah, I would line up Gidry outside and against probably the the wide receiver that's probably the least bit of a threat, which is Robbie Anderson. Since I, I know he improved a lot as a route runner, but he's still mainly a deep threat. So have that deep speed on him with Gidry, and dare them to beat him deep. And then have uh, Carter in the slot against Moore, use his physicality to to sort of mess with those routes. And mess with him. And then use uh, Hall on the outside against Terrence Marshall. I can see that for sure. 
Uh, I think the interesting thing is we're talking about this now, and I think in certain situations it's not going to matter because the Jets have very much said that they are a left corner, right corner team when it comes to their zone coverages. So this may be a situation where matchup gets dictated by the offense's alignment, and we have their ideas of where they're going to line up. This might only count when it's man coverage, and you might see guys get specific matchups in man coverage, but when it comes to their basic zone principles, they're going to have guys on their side of the field, and that's going to be how it's going to be. So that'll be the interesting thing to see. For me, specifically, the size matchup is definitely the mismatch, and Terrace Marshall will definitely win that mismatch at 6'4", when Javon Guidry is, I think, barely 5'10". That's an obvious mismatch. But Javon Guidry is physical, and he is smaller, but he can play bigger than his size, and it's going to be a tough matchup for all of these corners. I think that's the important thing to say here is that there really isn't any one matchup. I think that is an absolute complete and total guaranteed lockdown. I think the best one would be Bryce Hall on Robbie Anderson when that matchup does happen, if it does happen, because Robbie Anderson, while he was used more short and underneath last year, it was because people gave him a cushion. He had such a large cushion deep that he would get free releases underneath where they could just hit him underneath but he wasn't really that much of a threat after the catch outside of a few instances. And Bryce Hall, I think is the type of player where, especially where it's zone, where you know where your help is and you know what your responsibility is, where he's not going to be so much worried about getting deep and getting beat deep. He can kind of stay in his shuffle and keep his eyes square. I think it might be a really good matchup, but it's going to be a tough matchup regardless. Hopefully, as we said, to lead off the defensive side, the defensive line does their job, gets enough penetration where the deep ball isn't going to matter and the offense is going to look stagnant. Yeah. Yeah. So many things to watch. We're all excited, man. And it all starts up front. Yeah. As it does with most games. I think that's uh, not only our coaching staff, but our front office has emphasized that, that they want to build this team in the trenches and that everything starts up front. And I think we all agree that it's proven time and time again in this sport that you win the ball in the trenches uh, on offense and defense. Can you neutralize the other team's pass rush and keep your quarterback clean? And can you get to the opposing quarterback? Sometimes it's that simple. All right, guys, let's finish this up with our official score predictions. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and lead things off here. Uh, It's a tough matchup. I think it's going to be a really good game. I'm actually really excited because I'm going to be going to this game in person. I'm going to be leaving Saturday, staying for a couple of days. We'll be there for the game. If you are going to the game, hit me up on Twitter. We'll definitely hang out. But in terms of official score prediction, I could not go to a game and predict a loss. I'm going to say 28-21 Jets win. Ah. I, I'm going to put a little bit more of a gap. I think it's uh, going to be a little bit more lopsided in our favor. I'm going to say 27-17. Jets win on a last-minute drive by Zach Wilson, 2017. Zach Wilson is a hero. Darnold is a scrub, and the Jets are 1-0. <laughs> wow. Three victories, but all with varying degrees of a victory. We have a one-score victory, a last-second victory, and a 10-point victory you had, Matt? Uh, yes. Yep. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. Hopefully we walk out of week one with a win. I think we're all confident that this is a better matchup than it looks on paper. And in very key areas, the Jets have an upper hand where it could lead to a victory. I'm certainly excited. I cannot wait to go to the game. I cannot wait to have our reactions afterwards. Guys, thank you so much for being here. You know the drill. Let's get out of here. Uh, Matt, you can find me at Zazzy Jets. And you can find me at Vitor Paiva M.
I'm Andrew. You can find me at Andrew Golden underscore 17. This has been the Oklahoma Drill Podcast on at OKD Podcast on Twitter. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll be back next week with a review of week one. Hopefully it will be a happy review and not a sad one. Thank you guys for so much for listening. Bye-bye. 